I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Yeah, photo shoot fresh, looking like wealth. I'm about to call the paparazzi on myself. Uh, live from the Mercer, run up on Yeezy the wrong way, I might murk you. Flee in the G450, I might surface. Political referee, I mean refugee, asylum can be purchased. Uh, everything's for sale. I got five passports, I'm never going to jail. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Tips podcast. Your host Rod and Karen, and we're in the house on a Tuesday afternoon mm-hmm. or night, I guess, um, for another episode of the Black Guy Tips. Yes, yes. Now you can find us at theblackouttips.com, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search the Black Guy Who Tips. Leave us five star reviews. We'll read them if we like them. Promise. Um, you can also do stuff like, uh, donate to the show, become a premium subscriber by going to theblackouttips.com. Um, and you can do stuff like, um, I don't know, leave comments on the website, vote in the polls on the website, um, leave comments on your votes in the polls on the website. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of ways to get in contact with us because we do a feedback show every Saturday and sometimes people want to be heard. Yes, they do. I'm sure we'll say something that'll offend somebody by the end of the show. Of course. The official weapon of the show is an unofficial sport. It's bullet ball. A bullet ball extreme. Mm-hmm. And today's podcast is brought to you by tweaked.io.com. Go to tweaked.io.com, put in code TBGWT, and uh you can get a bunch of free stuff. Mm-hmm. What do I mean? I mean like 33% off of nice, high-quality inner ear earbuds. All right? Yes, and mine are still ticking, which is amazing. Mine are still ticking as well. I'm hard on some earbuds, but I actually use mine to play video games. I use the mic. There's a little head, uh, there's a little, um, adapter you can buy from like Best Buy for like $15, $20, whatever that was. Attach that bad boy and I, that's how I play my games, man. And it's fun. And, uh, you know, high quality, use them all the time haven't broken yet yeah i'm surprised that mine hadn't broken yet but i'm more surprised these big ones hadn't broken yet because the ones i wear when we record the podcast them the ones i tell the most well you know you got a big ass head all right and i'm rough on shit um but uh yeah it's funny though because um when it does break if it does break i mean god willing (laughs) i can just send my headphones back because i have a lifetime guarantee right can't say that about everything all right Mm-mm. you break something after 90 days boom it's done that was it with these you get the lifetime guarantee i say look valentine's day is coming up start thinking about buying some valentine's presents boom next thing you know you got one pair of headphones you have to buy somebody for the rest of their life right use our code you get 33 percent off and free shipping and then you get that lifetime guarantee thrown in on the end so go to tweakedaudio.com code tbgwt and uh you know Get you some headphones. Yes. All right. Let's uh, get into the show. There's a lot of just news. Okay. Um, we both watched the nightly show today. Mm-hmm. It premiered yesterday. Everybody knows I'm a big Larry Wilmore fan. Uh, I gotta say, first episode, pretty good. Pretty good. I think it's gonna get better than it was because I think first few episodes you're gonna be working out the kinks. The right. comedy is not, you know gonna be exactly everybody as getting, comfortable as you want right everybody getting used to each other because everything's new the crew is new the staff is new every everything is new but i think once they get a routine down i think it'll run a lot smoother yeah even the format is new it, they they're clearly not trying to do a black colbert report right like they're they're actually trying to do something different they're not even trying to do like a black daily show 
it's a little bit different but we'll see how it works out um tonight they're supposed to talk about bill cosby so i'm excited about that um, that should be interesting see how that goes right yeah he had to get bleeped out a few times yeah uh and they all already got some good guests bill burrows on there uh talib quality so um anyway i'm looking forward to that um and of course the flash returns tonight yes so i'm ready for the arrow i, I mean i'm excited about the flash. don't get me wrong but i'm really fucking ready for the arrow yeah that's next that's tomorrow um all right man so let's talk about news comedy central has announced that they will be roasting justin bieber uh comedy central need to stop this foolishness you don't like the roast no yeah they haven't really been good in a while but i feel like they could make some good jokes with justin bieber I, i don't know i feel like he's gonna back out like this feels like one of those things where someone's ego is gonna be too big for what they're gonna do right and their feelings are gonna be hurt like you have to have the personality to be able to take the jabs that people are going to give you and then a lot of times the ones i've seen because of the way society is and shit like that a lot of people don't really go that hard or either they go too hard then you hear people go oh they went in on them too hard what the fuck is a roast right and it's funny because like they've had people in the past that had big egos that couldn't do it and or the roast turned up bad because they wouldn't allow certain jokes right you know like donald trump you know he wouldn't allow certain jokes about his family and shit and you know i like i could just see a guy like justin bieber not having the ego to really or not having yeah not being able to withstand the jokes you know then coming off real lame plus you know at the end you have to read jokes um and like roast the comedians back I wonder what his comedic timing is like, but I'm, but I always have a morbid sense of curiosity about these things. Cause I will watch a roast just to see if it, even if it's horrible to be like, wow, look how horrible it was, you know? So I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know. It feels too good to be true. Like he's a kid that fucked up so much. The material just writes itself. Right. I feel like he's just going to back out and, and cause they haven't announced an official date yet. He just announced it on his like Twitter account. It's like, do you really want to deal with the jokes and the jabs? Cause they gonna go in. Cause it's like he's the person that I don't mean to harm. You're not in the comedian uh, community, so they really don't give a fuck. Like they will joke your ass and keep it pushing. Yeah. And the jokes that you shoot back will probably be nothing compared to what they give to you because they're professional comedians. Yeah, I know the last one that really seemed to like do something um well it got like a lot of attraction was actually um james franco's roast and it was terrible it was the one of the worst i've ever seen yeah you know like i i like i completely dislike the the james franco roast because one those guys all feel like they don't want to say anything too mean about each right. other and then two um the that was the one where Sarah Silverman got upset because they were making jokes about her age and saying how being viewed as an older woman in Hollywood could like hurt your career and shit. And I'm like, didn't you make nigger jokes on stage? Like, th- this is where you draw the line, right? You draw the now line. Now it affects at age. you. Yeah, yeah. Or either they get the uh, uh, Lisa Lampanelli talk about cunts and fucking niggers and shit like that, you know, so, and I, cause I, I personally don't think she's funny, you know, yeah. so when she comes on, I'm like, okay, we're going to get a, a bunch of those type of jokes because that's all the material you know how to do. Yeah. 
Well, not not really. Um, yeah, they've been boring to me, so I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, if I catch it, catch it. If, I mean, I, I don't. I, my attention span is probably gonna be really, really low for this, unless yeah. you, you know, come out the gates. Ha 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 ha! I'm like, I I'd rather go sleep. And this isn't like doing Saturday Night Live or something. Like this is a roast. You're gonna people are gonna make jokes about you. People are gonna go in on you. They're gonna use everything. You know, this dude has got caught saying the N word. Uh, several times in the last couple of years, right? Is you know, not to mention run-ins with the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, his daddy, yeah. all kinds of foolishness. Selena Gomez and his relationship, right? Like, she crying at some kind of gathering. Yes, they man. got jokes for days. Um, let's see what else is going on. Um, oh, I, I thought this was an interesting article by a lady for a salon, Priscilla Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, let me scroll to the bottom because it has a description of her. Priscilla Ward uh, is a writer whose work has been featured on health.com. Um, why did it just move everything back down? I didn't want it to do that. All right. Health.com, afropunk.com, youngest.org, as well as in essence and ammo magazine. She's obsessed with natural hair, bell hooks, sandwiches, and really cool art shows. You can find her tweeting about running one moment and being black the next at Mac, wait, Macanifro, Macanifro, wait, Macaronifro. There you go. Um, so, uh, she posted this. It's called, I'm tired of suppressing myself to get along with white people. I pocket my black rage and swap, hey girl, for hello, but in making others comfortable, I'm making myself sick. I met my new roommates on Craigslist, two white, one Chinese. Together we represented Portland, Florida, China, and with me, D.C. As we moved into our, apart- our apartment in bed last fall, I was excited for the potential of cross-cultural exchange. We had to get to know you powwow on the rooftop. We talked about ourselves. We brought a- What brought us to New York? It was a warm evening in September, a couple of weeks after Michael Brown was shot. And somewhere in the mix, I brought up Ferguson, hoping to spark a conscious conversation. Then it happened, the nightmarish response. Mm-hmm. What's happening in Ferguson? One of my white roommates asked. Right. I heard some kid got shot or something like that. The words clamored in my ears. How could he not know? Weren't his Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook feeds flooded with opinions and hashtag? I'm sure he meant nothing by a statement. We're, we're all ill-informed at, from time to time. But as I stood there awkwardly not saying a word while hundreds of words ran through my head, it was a reminder of how much I would have to suppress in order to get along with my white male roommates in our tiny four-bedroom apartment, this place I would call my home for a year. It hasn't always been like this for me. I'm a girl with a fro raised in the place uh, once known as Chocolate City. I grew up in a part of a black New Cliff family, was homeschooled, then became part of many historic black college experience at Temple University. After arriving in New York, I became an intern at Essence, a magazine so safe I likened my boss to an aunt. Those settings were as comfortable as my grandma's cooking on a given Sunday, any given Sunday. I longed to crawl back to my tiny black universe, a place where I could create a sense of peace, identity, and acceptance. A place where I could sit there trying to untangle my fro and make sense of what it means to be an African-American woman in this country. Rehashing our history while facing present pain. But life happens. Most of us can't stay in our own utopias forever. Now I face the new reality. The brief conversation on the roof that hot September night lasted much longer. In my head, I spent, I sent myself into a 200-year-old tizzy, reckoning with outdated ideas on race, tampering with prejudice and stereotypes. I became enslaved by my emotions. It's crazy. All this from just to do, being like, what, what, what happened in Ferguson? 
uh i started worrying about all the other things i might have to explain my hair the food i eat why i like miles davis nina simone and marvin gay maybe i should have considered it as a teaching opportunity but i wasn't feeling generous i was all twisted up inside a blaze over racial dynamics and anxious what other minefields my roommate might stumble upon i hoped he wouldn't say something really ignorant causing me to just snap and go off on an angry rant then I'd have to make my living situation salvageable by pocketing my black rage, putting on my best smile and telling them it's all love. I wanted my home to be refuge, a place where I could be wretched when I wanted, walk around in my bonnet fried chicken and sing loud to Aretha Franklin's R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Suppressing my blackness every day is exhausting. Back at F- Essence, we use sister girl language, but since then, I'd face tougher environments. I briefly worked at a now defunct women's fashion website where I was one of the only black people. I would pitch ideas that mattered to me, like how to do natural hair, only to see them ignored, shoveled to the side, or diluted like apple juice in order to make palatable to mainstream whiteness. I was tired of catering to everyone else's comforts. How much of a day of my day to day experiences as a black woman do I have to filter? I replace Hey Girl with Boring Hellos. I eat my leftover fried chicken outside the office. In order to have some common point of identifiable communication, I pretend to care about Taylor Swift or white movie stars or on their I've lost the count re, re I've lost count remarriages and those other white pop stars I could not care less about. Oh yeah, she's cute, I tell them. Yeah, that's cool. As summer turned to fall and then winter, I continue to be dumbfounded at the way for some white people the killing of Michael Brown just didn't resonate. They didn't feel the need to pay attention. I guess some white people do act real vanilla. The only understand they and only understand the realities of their own universe, like running around drunk in Santa costumes in the name of SantaCon while the Millions March NYC launches in response to non-indictment verdicts. That's real. In December, when the Eric Gardner variant came out, I became loaded down with more emotional baggage than I could conceal. I couldn't take it anymore. I didn't care if I wasn't mixing with others. I found my little black planet at work. I went over to my black boss and talked real low and real brief about how disturbing this all was. I grabbed one of my homegirls I work with. We took to the streets to protest right outside my job. I hope no one would see me and think something misguided. Walking home that night, I unleashed all my tears. I wanted to reach out and hug a black man. Before I arrived at my apartment, I dried off my face as though nothing happened. My white male roommate asked me about the protest. I gave him a non-detailed response. I said something like, I'm really upset, but it was a good way for me to get those feelings out. I couldn't handle revealing too much. I wanted to avoid a loaded conversation. I took a deep breath and exhaled, closed my bedroom door, picked up the phone, and spoke in whispers about how racist these non-indictments were to my parents and to my socially conscious white and black friends. And I always wonder about people like, like, I wonder how much of people's online presence because you know black people have a higher online presence than the average white person yes they do i wonder how much of that is seeking the solidarity that people don't have in real life because they're just like i'm in these spaces where i can't express this so then they go on the internet and sometimes you know i I wonder if that's why people it seems like certain people are on 10 it's everything is about this cause and that Mm -hmm. cause and this rally and that rally because for some people the internet is a place of freedom a lot of people do not realize that for a lot of uh, black people and people of color, the Internet is the only place that you can go and for some people literally be yourself, literally. Like um, you can go and you can say things that that if somebody you were face-to-face, you wouldn't dare say. 
you yeah. know you don't have the the um especially with twitter because you know twitter use hashtags and all that stuff so it's one of those things where you can say stuff and not have to deal with uh the backlash you know or not unless your twitter associated with your job is you know is something else but you know if your job and the thing another other things not associated with it you can go on and just be free and be open and it, it, and it's like you can go like she was on that honey chat like you can go on twitter but like hey y'all what's up niggas everybody like, yeah yeah what's up it's just one of that it's one of those few places that are it's a safe space right for a lot of people and twitter allows you to cultivate your own experience so when people come being racist you can't block people in real life but i can block your ass on twitter you you know in real life you can't be like shut the fuck up get away from me you racist son of a bitch but on twitter i can say i can say that if i choose to i i'm not to i just block you and keep going you know because being black in america you deal with so much fucking shit all the time being brown in america you deal with so much shit a lot of people don't really realize the things that black people have to deal with every goddamn day and if you are not the type of person to be centered and i know for us look at laugh look at tragedies and laugh but sometimes that motherfucking shit get old too you know so it's just one of those things where when you deal with all the the sadness and depression and the killing and the dying of your people that shit really affects you when you know you look up at the news and you see shit and you be like well damn that could have been me that could have been my daughter that could have been my child that could have been my grandma like that shit will will make you fucking go insane and scream and then people wonder why you have people that go to the extreme and just black and they black 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 kiss my ass black because i'm like i'm tired of fucking hiding myself i'm tired of not being who i am i'm tired of of taking myself and being politically correct just to make your ass feel motherfucking comfortable i will wear my afro i will you know have my big ass out i will do these things that make you feel uncomfortable why because fuck you because the world is catered for you the world is not catered for me so you're gonna have to deal with me not saying that's right or wrong or indifferent but i do understand people that take it to that extreme because they're tired yeah um yeah I, I mean i think i don't know if that's even an extreme i just feel like that's just being yourself you know right. i don't to me i don't even see it as like i i guess i would i guess to see this is a difference like um some people have hit me up about our podcast yesterday with mike lawrence and they're like man i'm so glad that you said something when you brought up al sharpton you know they already sent an email and facebook messages and got, got a couple of tweets about it um that's how i talk to all my friends all of them y'all white black it doesn't matter Matter. like i want us to have understanding between each other Mm -hmm. and i feel like if something i say is wrong i i don't mind us having a conversation around like why i feel a certain way and why they feel a certain way i think it's taboo for a lot of people to even have these discussions and this is one of the things that drives racism in this country is like People say they want to have a conversation, but nobody really does because no. if you have a conversation, most of the time you're going to find out something about what you're thinking is fucked up, whether it's a conversation with women about sexual assault, whether it's a mm-hmm. conversation with gay people about homophobia, right. whether it's a conversation about uh, racism with people of another culture, whether it's a uh, conversation about xenophobia or people from another country, you're going to find out some uncomfortable things. You might be mocked. You might, you know, they might laugh at you they might be offended but people are so scared to be on either side of that whether the offended party 
or the person who's doing the offense that we end up just kind of stuck in these like neutral areas where there's no discussion like to me i i sympathize with her but then when i'm reading this i'm like but you're not wrong to feel like you know affected by the death of mike brown you're not wrong to to say you know to have a conversation with somebody around uh the idea that you know you might be messed up after that hearing that protest or whatever you like you shouldn't have to be shamed out of that you shouldn't have to right. be go to your room and whisper about it in the place that you live um because and many times one of the reasons i don't believe in that shit um is because it's your living space yeah and i like i don't believe in that kind of shit because no no one should have to make you feel uncomfortable in your living space um for for something where you're not wrong i could see if it was like hey man can you just like not come in and throw your drawers on the couch like we got company uh-huh. in. like i could see that kind of shit but like, could you not think about race when you're at home please like that's not a, that's too much to ask and for someone to, for for the pathology for us to just accept that well this is the way the world is even without them saying anything that should lead you to be like, I, they don't want me to talk about this. She just assumed it because, and she's probably right. Correct. Because that's just life in America where you're just like, I, I know they don't want to hear about this shit. So mm. let me just hold it in. Right. And talk to somebody that this understanding because the, the, the thing about it is, like we say, America's default is whiteness. Right. And so it's just one of those things where, uh, I mean, she was in tears before she hit the, the floor, the, before she opened the door. Mm. She like, okay, let me wipe up my tears. I don't know. Yeah, and, and get myself together. Might piss off these white people somehow. Yeah, because it's one of those things where, and a lot of it is the way our culture works. And also when it comes to conversations about race, uh, people, really, like you said, they don't want to talk because when things are bought up and when things are bought up out of pure ignorance, mm-hmm. people get mad, they get angry, they get upset versus really understanding or really wanting to hash things out or have that conversation and a lot of people who are very ignorant on both sides uh their pride steps in and they don't want to come out and say the things that i taught or the things that i thought i knew were wrong yeah like, but if nobody you don't wants even, to do that i understand but if you don't even get have the conversation you don't even get to that point no because, which is which is crazy to me because i can't imagine living with someone i can't have a conversation like that with true you know maybe that's just i'm spoiled in a certain way Maybe this is also part of when I go into an HBCU, you know, this wasn't something where if we brought this up amongst our friends or in our living area, like I've never had to not talk about black shit in my life, in my uh, living area. You know what I mean? I've never had to go somewhere and be like, let me turn off my blackness. Let me turn off this rage for a second. Which is impossible. You know, uh, like, it, it, unless I was getting absolutely paid for it. Like, that's the only time I've ever been like, okay, mm, this shit ain't work-related. But at the same time, that means no one should be talking about it. Whereas opposed to, in my house, we're friends. Why can't we have a conversation about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so she writes in, um, she continues to write, these non-indictments reiterated what I'm up against every single day, the unintentional ignorance of white people. But I was aware of my willingness to put away my justified black rage in order to ensure that my interactions with white people remain comfortable. Yeah, man, you gotta be willing to get a little uncomfortable, man. If this, 
if this sort of psychological piece is a thing that you desire i feel like you got to be willing to get a little uncomfortable for it all right because if you're not you're going to stay at this stage and and that place is a very um you can be you can torment yourself in that place right. and you like you say you never really know how comfortable you might open up their eyes they might open up your eyes but like you say society has taught us you don't talk about this shit so you go well fuck it but you're tearing yourself to in, internally to pieces because nobody wants to have the conversation right you'll never be friends right if you don't kind of start with that uncomfortableness which sucks but you know i'd rather know for for a fact like i don't like my roommate they kind of racist rather than i don't want to say anything maybe those white people won't feel comfortable and then that's my fault like i'm not taking on that burden for you uh the more i hit it the more crazed i became by the time my birthday rolled around in december i was cooped up in my bed without an appetite my fro needing a good deep conditioner i was making myself sick i know this needs to change i understand that for my own growth and in order to forge honest relationships with white people i meet whether it's my roommates or my co-workers or anyone else i need to reveal myself more i need to start sharing about my history and my culture and how it plays out in my everyday life as an african-american woman I don't want this rage to fester in the bitterness and it, or infect the very close white friendships I already have. I don't want to ignore my rage, but I don't want to be controlled by it either. Concealing my emotions has made me feel like I'm a ticking time bomb just waiting to go off. Yes, you are. Yeah, I feel like she speaks for a lot of people's experience. Here's the other thing. I, I can't call what, I can't call a relationship a friendship when we can't talk about racial shit. It's, it's my life. I'm in America. I see these things. Mm-hmm. If I got to pretend to be blind to it so we can get along, we can't be friends. We're not if I friends. have to be, if I have to, like, if, if you're somebody where I'm like, I can't bring up anything bad that happens to gay people because this person is homophobic or they're very dismissive of homophobia. I'm like, well, then we won't be friends because I'm not going to stop talking about shit that I think is wrong. You know, to make you comfortable, I can't go, man, I saw this article the other day about two gay people couldn't get married. I thought I was fucked up. Whoa, whoa, man. I mean, why you got to bring that up? Like, okay, we can't be friends then. Uh, things are calm right now at the apartment. I don't bring up these sorts of conversations. I don't talk about what happens every 28 hours. A black person is killed. My white male roommate and I, we just don't go there. It makes things easier. Instead, our conversations shuffle between our day-to-day experiences at work, dating, and the nuances of the city. I keep these for those forbidden conversations behind closed doors. And even when I'm alone, I speak in code. I don't say white. I use they instead. Damn, she sounds like she's in the attic with Anne Frank. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they coming. They going to hear you, girl. They going to hear you. Just call them O-Phase. So they did in Roots. But I want to stop tiptoeing around race. Uh, I mean, two bobs. That's what they did in Roots. My blackness is not a secret I have to keep. I want to be able to publicly express my honest admiration for being black outside of my little black planet. I don't want to feel marginalized. Like I can't speak hard truths about myself. Having honest and challenging conversations with people of another race will hopefully disrupt other people's ignorance, but it will also help me. I need to stop with my mental temper tantrums. I want to get free. Well, you're in America, so you ain't never going to be free, but I do feel you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Like I think, um it's it's funny because i feel like the lesson we've learned over time is that to have success navigating spaces where there's any white people means you need to erase the blackness that you have completely erase it 
you know like um which is sad but that's what a lot of people have accepted you know successful people you know um like not not just uh uh not you know not just not just like rappers and shit but a lot of people are like hey uh i can't um i can't be but so black around these people can't talk about black shit um but yeah anyway i thought that was interesting um let's see what else we got here then tlc is trying to come out with a new album 25 years uh yeah you interested in uh getting a new tlc album no they need a little help karen started a kickstarter also must not gonna be through a major label then um i mean i don't know what the deal is i mean i don't i don't know if they can go through that old label because remember that 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 movie they came out with was not too kind nope. to their uh previous management right so a lot of people are like uh we won't be working with y'all you know, or not just that i don't even know what their contract situation is right um but what sound, they have the rights to yeah sound like they some scrubs now though yes um oh well good luck to them um they they put out um uh it says uh after more than a decade away the surviving members of tlc are back with the to record a final album that will be funded by kickstarter the r&b group consists of t-boss chili and that's it because left eye's gone mm-hmm. we'll follow up is 2002 release 3d 2002 god dang told you i said 25 but you know i know it's been some years it's official we are making a final album final album i thought the last one was the final, final album, album. Fi- fan service we are making a final album um but we need you to make it happen on at kickstarter the band wrote man in just hours they band they raised more than fifty thousand dollars which is a third of their goal i believe that so people do want this album. Somebody does. Yeah, they're eighty thousand now, with eight hundred and fifty nine backers. So people putting in some real money on this. Yes, they are. I hope it's good. Pledge five dollars or more. They say uh, thank you so much for backing them. You get a Kickstarter exclusive remix. You get a behind the scenes updates about the album. Plus, you get to vote for which TLC track you want remix for the final album uh pledge ten dollars or more you'll get a pdf of a handwritten list of our t- top 15 favorite songs of all time maybe our list will offer you some inspiration some inspo didn't have time to spell that out and you know we'll include our kickstarter exclusive remix too so you get a handwritten note i don't know about this mp3 pledge no pdf a handwritten oh, oh, note it's not oh, a it's I, not I a playlist oh it's just here's our 15 songs that we wrote down here's a pdf which is like you know a digital like file a word document yeah oh no digital album if you get 15 dollars or more if you can't wait to hear our final album for your pledge you will get the digital download of the album plus you'll get our list of favorite songs and kick uh and the Kickstarter exclusive remix. Yeah, you might as well go on up to that level. Fan mail forever. Pledge $35 or more. Remember when we included a booklet in fan mail? Giving shout outs to thousands of fans? 
we're bringing it back by including your name in our digital album booklet just give 35 dollars plus you get the rest digital album kickstarter for the remix and favorite song list 50 dollars or more you get dance school even michael jackson had our tlc dances memorized now you can learn our favorite tlc dance moves in our video tutorial any of these interesting you care Mm-mm. 75 dollars you get a tlc scrapbook throwback love because we love memories we put together a digital book with old photos private letters hair makeup tutorials and a few more tlc gems just for you oh that's sweet but no a hundred dollars you get a signed vinyl that's neat two hundred and fifty dollars you get a voicemail by tlc don't you mean tl i mean tc <laughs> i think so yeah um but yeah they'll record your voicemail for you but you get all the other stuff you don't sound too excited fan mm-hmm. calls tlc is on the line yeah we will call you personally we can't wait to speak with you uh they don't tell you how long they're gonna call though right they don't tell you if it's skype that's 350 dollars or more to talk to tlc and uh there's 13 12 people bought that there's 13 of those left 500 dollars more they give you autograph lyrics Get handwritten un- autograph lyrics with, for Unpretty with a special thank you note. A thousand dollars or more TLC at the movies. LA with T bars. You know we love the movies. Get your popcorn ready because T bars will join you at the movies in LA. <laughs> but you gotta get your ass there if you don't live here. Yeah. Afterwards, we'll talk about the movie, life, or whatever else you want. I won't talk about them titties, T bars. Security! Come on, you said anything I want. A thousand dollars TLC at the movies, ATL with Chili. So you can now you can either go to Los Angeles with T. Now how are they gonna record this album? They ain't in the same city, but okay. Ah. You can go to L. A. with T. Boz or ATL with Chili. Oh, I guess so. One be on the West Coast, one be on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Pledge fifteen hundred dollars or more, you get North American VIP. You get a ticket to one of our upcoming concerts with a seat in one of the first ten rows. One of the first ten. I can't even get the first row. You can't I can't, get. I can't. I can't get a backstage pass. Damn. Nah, they. Nah, they say you can come out backstage. Okay. Yeah. For a meet and greet with TLC. Selfie. You better that much. Uh, travel and accommodations not included. Of course. And it's limited to, of course, the cities with the tour dates. Two thousand dollars. You get the chili workout. Ready to work your ass off and have fun doing it. For all our super fans, get your butts kicked by Chili in a rigorous workout class. Wonder if that's just what she does for a living anyway. I don't know. She's she still fit for her age. Yeah. Spending the day training, having lunch, slurping golden smoothies, and listening to TLC's hits with self-proclaimed fitness guru of the group. Self-proclaimed. Hilarious. Listening party for two, $2,500. Uh, for $5,000, you get the onesie. One of their famous onesies and a piece of TLC history, the the jumpers that they took pictures in for the albums. Okay. You get a slumber party with Chili or a slumber party with T-Bobs for $5,000. Says you get some TLC pillow talk and mom and dad won't be there, so there's no need to keep the volume down. 
Now that's there's got to be restrictions with that one. Right. <laughs> you can't just be yeah. showing up at her house. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to try to do background check and all that type of shit. And then for $7,500, you get a photo with TLC. So, oh, uh, and a couple of people bought those. Because mm-hmm. like you have people that are like super fans. I happen not to. I enjoy their music, but I'm not a fan like that. Yeah. Um, man, I, I girls done fell on some hard times, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of sad. I'm they ain't going to a little mama. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, so TLC Kickstarter. Good, good luck with that, ladies. That probably meet that goal. Uh, sounds like it. And they say you won't get any of this shit till September, by the way. Uh, five sorority sisters cast members were expelled from Data Sigma Theta as VH1 wipes the website clean of the show. Uh-uh. What? I don't understand. Like They got kicked out the sorority, Karen. Oh, they got kicked out of the sorority. Okay. Yeah. And then VH1 deleted everything about the show off his website it was like you don't exist five members of delta sigma theta were expelled permanently from the sorority for their tv show Mm -hmm. for their participation in the reviled vh1 reality show set in atlanta sorority sisters and i'm gonna tell you right now the problem i have with this is that uh no organization is perfect and those people aren't everybody in the organization but there are probably other people that have done some of those things and been loud and rowdy and not womanly like, but they're still part of the organizations. Yep. Um, Lydia Mitchell and Priyanka Banks from Alabama State University. They just wanted out. to use them as an example to basically say, bitches, y'all don't be going on the motherfucking shows no more. Me Toya, she got kicked out. A dream got kicked out. Oh man, even a dream. Shayna got kicked out. Uh, their expulsion date of January 13 coincided with the day VH1 changed its schedule and dumped the show's final three episodes unceremoniously this past Friday. It came a day after it was reported that two others, April McRae and Joy Hammond, were suspended for 18 months from the AKAs. It might, if more than half the cast of nine has no longer, was, has, was no longer technically part of a sorority, that more or less negated the whole concept of the show. Um, and then they have a poll where you can guess if it was fair. Yeah, I'm not, not fair. Yeah, I don't think it's fair. Um, but yeah, it says, um, Sorority Sisters was not an actual Atlanta based reality show that aired for a month on VH1. Oh, <laughs> they making a joke. They took the gif of, uh, Will Smith and Men on Black flashing you so you forget about it. Ah! Um, VH1 provides a list of its shows on its website, past and present here. The, la- the list links to pages about current shows, such as Basketball Wives and T.I. and Tiny, and those long gone, such as Scott Bio is 45 and single from 2008, and Jessica Simpson's Price of Beauty from 2010, but already Sorority Sisters has been wiped off the site. And I have a question. What about people that have done things and been on these shows that are part of organizations that don't mention it? They're cool? I guess so. Because they don't publicly say that they're part of these organizations yeah but their behavior is the same right mm-hmm. okay that's all i'm okay no i no, i no, I, di- I disagree with this Mm-mm. 
this this happened less than four days after vh1 quietly aired the last three episodes of sorority sisters last friday night in a move that clearly indicated the network's desire to kill it in the most innocuous way possible final episode aired at 11 10 p.m ending just after midnight with no repeats and no second season forthcoming um wow the very aggressive boycott campaign targeted vh1's advertisers it was apparently very effective because the show's ratings were certainly strong enough to keep the show alive in and of itself. Yeah. These power in numbers, there's power in numbers, Vicky Gray says, a PR liaison for the boycott group D9 for Change. It was organized, it was structured, people came from all around the world. VH1 is not commenting on expulsions and suspensions. Yeah, like I said, the, the, the problem that I have is that all of a sudden we have morals, we have standards when it comes to this show, but there's other shows where people do all kind of heinous bullshit and nobody's up protesting it up in arms and saying that, uh, uh, talking bad, a lot of people are watching. Now, there are people, but these people protest everything. You know, you have some people, they're against all this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of these people, they protest specifically for this. You don't see them protesting all these other shows that have the same standard saying format and all this stuff it's okay for you to watch that but when it's something that hit home for you all of a sudden it's a problem and it's an issue just let the show be a show because that's all it is to most people it's just a regular show to most people and if it's good it'll stay around if it's not it won't and also the thing about it a lot of people they have problems with it continue to watch it which kept the ratings high they don't give a fuck about if you mad or angry and indifferent all they know is them numbers said the show was good yeah man it's just funny because these are historically you know black organizations or whatever and they weren't mad at other black shit correct it was like not until something happened with their their sororities they got mad and the thing that's very weird about that is as someone who watched the show these women weren't that bad i don't understand what was so bad about them what was the thing that they did that was so upsetting? They didn't get in physical altercations. Mm-mm. None of them got, um, you know, too drunk or anything. None of them committed any crimes. Compared to some of the other stuff. I don't know. even think any of them fucked. Like, it was, to me, the show was boring. If anything, I was just like, the show not good. I don't want to watch it. Even with all the controversy, I got tired of watching the show because it just was, it was kind of boring. They didn't do anything. But to, you know, to expel these people for life, it just seems yeah. like a, such an overreach right you know right and i and and, and i think that the problem that i have with it like i said just just where where do you draw these lines and these people pay to be a part of these organizations invest time and money and all this other stuff and for you just to turn around and be like you know what all them years of dedication don't mean nothing and just take it away Mm-mm. yeah just seems so such a reactionary just it's almost like they were just mad that they were with the rest of the negroes that you know on vh1 like how dare you put us out there right and 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 that's i guess to me that's a problem and and being older i've actually met more people in greek fraternities and sororities than i did when i was younger and it's one of those things most of them i mean they're beautiful and wonderful people most most of most of them are reasonable it's just one of these things that it just i don't know it just frustrates me when people 
a lot of this is we think we're better than y'all mentality, which people don't want to get down to. We think we're better than y'all. How dare you put us out there? How dare you talk about us? How dare you make us look bad? How dare, you know, we are the butt of the jokes. How dare you do this with us being part of these organizations? But you know what? These organizations are made of normal motherfucking people. They made of normal yeah, people. And I mean, I know people that are members that were like, I didn't see a problem with this show. I don't know why people are, well, I don't know why the organization is reacting this way. You know what I mean? So it's not even just a, oh, we don't get it because we're not in it. Like, seems pretty cut and dry. It's, it's respectability politics. It's, you know, one of the things that, that, I, that is kind of a crusade that this show is against the idea of, someone doing something makes everybody look bad meanwhile like i said the show wasn't bad like what was the thing that these ladies did that was so disrespectful to the sorority like they you know i just didn't see it like they like even when they got like 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 i said it kind of made the show boring because even when they got upset with each other they very rarely said anything that would make you go oh it felt like they had to hold their punches because they were like i don't want to get kicked out i don't want to you know say anything or do anything too messed up you know this isn't like people shitting on the stairs like flavor flav like flavor of love you know this wasn't uh people um you know getting carried up the stairs to fuck like you know chad johnson on uh basketball wives Mm -hmm. you know this wasn't um you know i I don't know what they did that was fucked up man i I don't know someone got to explain to me. to me right because as far as i'm concerned i i i don't know i and i'm not a part of it but i i just i just disagree with with them saying just stripping them of everything just to make a point i really think that they use them as an example of don't y'all be signing for no more bullshit right. don't y'all be, be be doing no shows if you do take your ass out there you better not say a motherfucking thing guess, about our goddamn I guess, organization i guess for me like i can see them being upset with the idea of the thing that you're bringing to this show is that you're in our organization. Like I can kind of understand, but then I would be more like until you do something fucked up, I'm okay with that. Cause like if um you found out, I don't know, candy on real housewives was in a sorority. I wouldn't be like, what the fuck? Like she got to get kicked out now. You know, like would they kick out, people from other reality shows that happen to be in the sororities like i I just wonder i don't know that's my question maybe they would i don't know because they're not representing or they don't speak about it or they don't say nothing about it they're cool with that it's just for the fact that they don't want quote-unquote people to associate you with their brand yeah so i don't know man i just like i said when I, i watched maybe four episodes and i just didn't even see like what the thing was like maybe they and the thing is if you watch it they don't represent the organization like they don't what they don't wear they don't wear any paraphernalia right the only time that it comes up is they'll be like in a confessional they'll be like well you know deltas we believe in stepping out and being fly whenever we do leave the house so it's not like it's not like they say like Deltas, we the real motherfucking bitches. We about to kill these motherfuckers tonight. I'm praying up the whole club. Like, it's nothing like that. I think people just got scared of just the fact they were on TV. Right. You know what right. I mean? It's like, what are y'all going to do? You know? And I, like I said, and I understand the trepidation because 
of normally this kind of shit does typically have is way more ratchet than this but the show was not that ratchet it was compared to other shit no yeah i i'm surprised it got I, here's what's funny i'm not even i shouldn't say surprised i believe it got good ratings because people got mad right it wasn't a good show on its own if no one had been upset about it the show doesn't even fucking get ratings it is canceled in a season because nobody would have watched eight to nine women act civil which is basically what it was it was a bunch of like you know well i understand that your man ain't got a job or some shit like that and it's like well you know i work for myself and i own my own business and it's really none of your business if he has a job or not oh so you trying to you trying to get an attitude with me no you trying to get an attitude with me no i'm not trying to get an attitude with you You trying to get an attitude with me no i'm not trying to get an attitude with you trying to get an attitude with me no cool but i guess we cool yeah we cool then cool you want to go back to this to the (laughs) studio and dance like it was really like i'm serious that was the level of altercation they had oh you have a boutique and i have a fashion boutique and yours is right next door to mine and you didn't even come by and let me know you were doing that well that's because i'm a delta and you're aka oh you're aka and i'm a delta like it wasn't like like i said i've seen like physical fights i've seen people throw wine bottles at people's heads me too i've seen like the kind of shit that i think would make would be reprehensible to or organization i've seen on other shows it just it didn't happen on this show Mm-mm. i don't know man and i think k michelle's part of an organization but i don't see them banning her oh k michelle's part. oh yeah i don't know man and like like i said it must be just the fact that it was named sorority sisters and then they just got because it was the only claim to fame they had you know they really didn't have much talent and they weren't mm-hmm. very interesting the whole that was the whole point of the it show. has to just be like the only thing they could see coming of that was embarrassment right even without watching the show without giving those girls a chance who knows you know honestly it's funny because it, maybe it would have helped recruit people if because like i said the girls didn't seem to be all ratchet and shit like the other shows I, that i watch um but uh apparently they decided no nah, fuck that this is uh this is too much for us but i i don't know i guess it, if they were out there just calling each other bitches and n-words and hoes and fighting and shit i would definitely understand but i don't know i just didn't i didn't see it that way it seemed like people just wanted to be upset about that joint and, and it just i don't know it just doesn't there's so many shows that you know i guess do worse under different names and it's no one's gonna try to get that taken off the air so it just felt like an overreach but whenever it's gone i show wasn't that good anyway i won't miss it though at love and hip-hop charlotte or some shit yeah like i said that, that's that's the problem that i have but you don't see k michelle puppies talking about it and speaking about it so it don't matter what she does so that's why i think they draw the line and uh, and i think for a lot of people the whole they the whole thing was the fact that it was called sorority sisters yeah was the issue for a lot of people from the beginning yeah and it wasn't a mona scott production i saw someone asking in the chat it wasn't uh which is one of the reasons it wasn't very good in my opinion um mona would have had them acting ratchet someone gonna actually do some cocaine now come on ain't nobody got slapped in five minutes and the show about to end let's go uh fox news host andrea tantoros uh, said Monday that President Barack Obama had contributed to making race relations worse than any time in U.S. history. But she gave him credit for going to school and marrying the mother of his children. 
Mm -hmm. President has said that race relations are actually better now than when he came into office. But when you look at this polling, and there's wider polling than this, because Rasmussen also took a look at this. It's not just one Gallup poll, but there's wider polling on where people really feel where race relations is. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, look, the election of Barack Obama was a huge moment for the African-American community. And to his credit, whether for, you... For all of America. Whether you agree with, right, whether you agree with what President Obama believes or not, you have to admit, he has done a lot of good. He gives a very aspirational goal, I think, for a lot of young uh, black men. And he's, a, I think, a, tra a, a terrific role model, at least as a father to his, and a good husband. Uh, I know people don't want to hear that, David's shaking his head, but I, I got to give him credit there. What I do, will not give him credit for is he said that he was going to heal this country. Why did the other dude, why was the guy shaking her, his head at what she said that, at that point? What did she say that was so fucking offensive? Barack Obama was a huge moment for the African-American community. And to his credit, whether for, you... For all of America. Whether you agree with, right, whether you agree with what President Obama believes or not, you have to admit, he has done a lot of good. He gives a very aspirational goal, I think, for a lot of young uh, black men. And he's, a, I think, a, tra a, a terrific role model, at least as a father to his, and a good husband. Uh, I know... Because, you know, y'all need to raise y'all goddamn kids, niggers. Anyway people don't want to hear that david's shaking his head but i, I gotta give him credit there now why the fuck but honestly what did she say at that moment because you know he's not shaking his head like us like bitch the fuck you talking about <laughs> like he's shaking his head like why are you giving him credit for anything oh yeah because they on that fuck the president bandwagon what I do, will not give him credit for is he said that he was going to heal this country. And I think a lot of people expected something different. I didn't because I read all his books and knew where he was going to go and divide the country. And that's how he's advanced his career. I think race relations are worse than they ever. When did he say he was going to heal the country of racism? He never said that. I don't remember that campaign. No, but, but people, I think the same way that people hear uh, filters when you when people bring up Black issues the same way a lot of black people and white people here when the president was running, they really thought he was like, I'm going to, racism is dead. We're going to be post-racial when y'all vote me in the office. He never said that shit, y'all. He right. never said that shit. Or have been. And to Melissa's point, if you look at the facts and the numbers, more people are on food stamps. More people are dependent on the government. Don't take my words. Look at the Congressional Black Caucus. They have stood up numerous times and said, Pause Mr. It, president. But. Um, a lot of the shit that Republicans are passing are killing jobs and, and cutting benefits like food stamps. Right. By the way, if you're on food stamps, what does that have to do with being racially divided, though? Nothing, because they assume that blacks are on uh, on food stamps. <laughs> right. I don't. When understand. there's more white people on food stamps, because you're more of the population, but it's never promoted like that. It's always promoted like these niggas on food stamps. Yeah. What was the correlation there? You promised us a lot of things and you've forgotten us. So I do think that he promised to focus on those groups and he has left them behind. I've got to disagree with, with Andrea. We put too much hope in one man or any one figure. And that is why we have people who can misuse that ability or use political power to claim that we are institutionally racist. Go after Sony. Go after To claim that we are institutionally racist. Okay. After Hollywood. Why? Because one figure won't change it, but America. He has changed it, David. He has. He is one figure. He's, he's not just one figure. He's the president of the United States. By the way, this is funny. They're agreeing, but somehow they're arguing. I don't know. He's saying 
he's he's made everything worse and she say he made everything worse. And we shouldn't and he's surrender it to for him. the worse. But you do have to give him credit. I mean, going to college, marrying, raising two good daughters, well-behaved daughters. I mean, you've got to give him credit those, those there. Bitch, what? Lying to a nation. Because he's so, he, see, Karen, he's black. So those things are so out of character. I mean, it's he's like. He's supposed to be a drug dealer, uh, you know, a good-for-nothing dad, have mm-hmm. 45 baby mamas, beat your wife. Be a drunk, be on drugs, be mm-hmm. on welfare, drive a Cadillac, right? Yeah. Okay. Using divisive right. tactics, not a good part of that figure. And that's it is what complex. I said. That's, wow. what, that's, that's the downside. And that's the politics. That's the politics, yeah, but unfortunately, all right. America's better than all of this. It's so amazing because the inherent racism in that discussion, it's, it's just like, how could anyone miss it? You know what I mean? It it essentially is saying black people are inferior. They will, won't raise their kids. You're not just talking about any black person. You're talking about a Harvard educated fucking like lawyer. And you're going, well, thank God he stuck around and raised those kids. Am I right? So difficult when you're black because you know those black people, they are allergic to children and responsibilities. They're allergic to going to work, getting married, and having kids. Yeah, it doesn't matter that he went to this university. He overcame the odds, everybody. Yes, and that's the thing that you try to explain to people. It doesn't matter what you accomplish or how many degrees, how many doctorates you have, no matter, no summa cum laude, whatever you graduate. To a lot of people, when they look at you, they don't give two shits about any of that. So at the end of the day, you might as well just accept it. There's nothing that you can do to change the way somebody views you based off of the color of your motherfucking skin. I wish somebody would tell Anthony Mackie that. Um, Anthony Mackie um, uh, basically did a um, niggas need to cut their hair um, interview. You know, another guy that I like, you know, enjoyed him in uh, Captain America. Um, but he's, uh, he released a song. I mean, he was in a movie. Song. No, sorry, can't. I messed up. Oh, no problem. I about to say, I want to hear this. <laughs> nah. Um, he was in a movie called Black or White. Mm-hmm. Um, a stars, he stars alongside, uh, Octavia Spencer and Kevin Costner. Uh, the film tells the story of a white grandfather who is left to raise his biracial granddaughter after his granddaughter dies during childbirth. In an interview with thegrill.com, Mackey discussed some of the themes within black or white and gave his thoughts on racially charged stories that have recently dominated the news. Let's see how long this is. Hey, what's up? Oh, I hate when people have bad audio interviews. I'm not going to play that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he said, uh, Mackey believes the Oscars are being discriminatory, but that they are simply uh, aren't being discriminatory. I'm sorry. He believes they not, aren't being discriminatory. They are simply rewarding the best the industry has to offer this year. If you look at the movies and the actors that are nominated, they all gave damn good performances, Mackie said. Me specifically, if that's something I want, I have to step my game up. I have to do better movies and I have to act better. Mackie continued by saying that African-American actors are disadvantaged when it comes to receiving more Oscar-worthy roles because Hollywood believes that there's no market overseas for black actors. They say that about Denzel Washington. They say that we they have no foreign value. The Captain America star said, 
if we've not if we're not financing and doing our own stories we can't expect to see ourselves come award season turning to the topic of recent nationwide protests against racial profiling mackie offered a unique perspective like my nephew wanted to grow dreadlocks i'm like fine i'll sit you down and i'll watch the first 48 with you and everybody you see on that show that's doing something wrong they're black dudes with dreadlocks so do you want to be seen as part of the problem or do you want to be an individual Let's just say you have locks and you walking down the street. Police pull you over and say you fit the description of somebody. You start yelling and arguing with the cops. Next thing you know, you pressed up against the wall going to jail or something. You're not even involved in because you look like somebody and you know how to handle yourself. You don't know how to handle yourself. Respectability politics, man. Dangerous drug. People get addicted to it. I know, Karen. That's that's uh the new Captain America in the comic I, books. I roll my eyes at all that bullshit because I don't care what you talking about. As at the end of the day, just like the person with the dress can be smacked up against that wall, your black ass can also. Yeah, it's also this thing where like people just I don't know if it's because people have been fortunate that they feel like this is a confirmation that this information is correct. But it's brothers with nice cuts in jail. Yeah, it's brothers you know, with brothers that get arrested too now. Yeah, it's brothers pulled over that they got on a, a suit going to work and all, like you know the, the there's footage of uh, civil rights marches in suits getting fucked up by dogs and hoses like correct. Uh, you can't outdress being black, man. No, you just you, can't. You, I know. Mm. I you know I know that some people are gonna be fortunate and some people are gonna have a little less rain falling their lives than others. But at no point does that excuse systematic racism, man. You know, your your kid should be able to grow dreadlocks if your kid wants to grow dreadlocks. And he shouldn't have to change. Society should change. If he's not a criminal, he's not a criminal. Right. And this goes. And you didn't say he grow dreadlocks and carry a gun down the street. You didn't say, go, you know, or, you know, that not that that's even a crime in a lot of states. But you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you didn't say grow dreadlocks and you know have a shirt on that says i got a lot of weed on me i'm I'm selling it like he just grew dreadlocks he's not a fucking criminal right and this goes back to the article you said before about denying your blackness and who you are and it's just one of those things where it it just frustrates me because it's one of those things where as a black male you always got to be clean cut says who you know if you want to grow an afro out male or female it becomes a problem why because you're growing your hair naturally if you want to grow dreads if you want to go twists if you want to go locks all of a sudden it's a problem because it quote unquote makes people feel uncomfortable or you quote unquote are a target it doesn't matter how your hair is your hair in the fucking afro you got it permed to the side your black ass is going to get arrested if um the police decide they want to profile you and today is your day i'm sorry yeah, and also to say the Academy of Awards the best performances every year, we all know that's bullshit. No. Sometimes they make political statements. Sometimes they choose not to. But one of the things that is sure, um, there's plenty of people that didn't even get nominated or win for their best performance. So then they win later on some, like, makeup call shit, and we see it happen all the time. So let's stop with the bullshit. Malcolm X is a much better performance for Denzel Washington than Alonzo in uh, Training Day correct but but he won for alonzo mostly because he didn't win from malcolm you know 
uh so it says uh apparently liam neeson got in some trouble with the gun industry Uh uh-oh uh he uh he told a Dubai publication that from that the high number of firearms owned by Americans was a disgrace. Every week now we're picking up a newspaper and seeing yet another few kids have been killed in schools. In response, Para USA, the gun supplier for his recent Taken Three film, has fought film. Are we calling those that now? Anyway, uh, <clears throat> Taken Three <laughs> has fired back, said it would refuse to work on future projects with the star. Para USA regrets his decision to provide firearms for use in the film Taken 3, reads a message posted on the company's Facebook page. While the film itself is entertaining, comments made by an, its Irish-born star during press junkets reflect a cultural and factual ignorance that undermines support of the Second Amendment and American liberties. We will no longer provide firearms for use in film starring Liam Neeson and ask that our friends and partners in Hollywood refrain from associating our brand and products with his projects. Further, we encourage our partners and friends in the firearm industry to do the same. Neeson, who has enjoyed a career resurgence in recent years with his reliance on shoot 'em up actioners, plays a hitman in Run All Night, hitting theaters March 13th. Taking three has grossed $163 million worldwide thus far crazy yeah then people they wonder why nobody supports him because he just said hey there's a lot of motherfucking guns out here kids dying what you say about my guns all i say is um kids is dying fuck them kids that's basically what y'all saying fuck them kids yeah they're like how the nypd turn their backs on the mayor and shit where it's just like i'm so mad at you even bringing this shit up right how dare you say anything about my guns i got the right to carry my guns you taking my rights. Ain't nobody said motherfucking thing about your goddamn rights. Star of stage and screen Jessica Chastain said Tuesday she has received a barrage of abuse uh, following her recent speech urging for more diversity in Hollywood. I believe that. Um, yeah. I, it's just sad. Th- that's true. Um, you can't even discuss like that's it was have a conversation on rights you can't even fucking discuss it mm-hmm. but discuss it because you're gonna end up with people that are like fuck you you know like i'm gonna kill you bitch like because you said other people need to be included right <laughs> you said we should diversify but meanwhile people are saying that you know the wars don't have any you know symbolism beyond just it's the best 10 films it's the best five directors as judged by who? As decided by who? We're going to act like it doesn't matter? We're going to act like they haven't made statements in the past? Here's her uh, speech at the Critics' Choice Awards um, where uh, she talked about diversity and whatnot. Um, I'm thrilled to present the first ever Critics' Choice MVP Award to Jessica Chastain. MVP, MVP, MVP. Okay, thank you so much um, to the Broadcast Film Critics Association for choosing me as the MVP for 2014. I googled MVP because I've never been a jock, and uh, the definition that I liked was a player who is valuable to their team. And I love the wording of that being part of a team. Sometimes we actors are the ones that um, get heaped with praise. And there are so many other people 
that are equally deserving. Uh, I was able to prep, shoot, and promote all four films this year because of the brilliant team I work with. Paul Nelson, Hilda Queeley, Jack Wiggum, Steve Warren, Nicole Perna, and Elise Siegel. I love you guys, thank you. Uh, to my directors this year, Christopher Nolan, Lee Ullman, Ned Benson, and J.C. Shandor, they all have taught me so much about what it is to be an artist. And each character in their films was different because of their unique points of views. I'm so grateful to be working in an industry that includes them. And the films I was in this year included extraordinary actors and crew members. And they worked so insanely hard each and every day. They did it for more than a paycheck. They did it because it meant something to them. And they are all equally deserving of this award. Today, today's Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. So it got me thinking about our need to build the strength of diversity in our industry and to stand together against homophobic, sexist, misogynistic, anti-Semitic, and racist agendas. I'm an optimist, <laughs> and I can't help but, feeling hope, but feel hopeful about the future of film, especially looking at all these beautiful people in this room. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. And I would like to encourage everyone in this room to please speak up. Thank you. And uh, you see Oprah said, wow, like she got done like uh, this. White woman's career is over. <laughs> you think she looked at her like she looked at Raven Smoke? Mm-hmm. But are you sure? You sure you want to say that? You sure? You know they're going to be trolling you, girl. But uh, if you want to do that. Go ahead. So she said, um, I've had t- really terrible people who are racist comment on the speech and say really terrible things. I'm understanding that some people in this world, how much hate they can have. However, she says she has also been cheered by the amount of support from Hollywood insiders, including film producers and stars, who echo her beliefs on the lack of diversity within the industry. And you always have to be careful with this kind of shit because as progressive as, like, the Academy, like, in Hollywood is is labeled to be. They're not. At the end of the day, you're still asking someone to move themselves aside and pick someone else to make the decision diversity isn't about that's that was one of the things i really want to get across diversity isn't about the choices of who wins an award it's really Mm -hmm. not diversity is about who gets to decide who wins the award correct like that's really diversity and that's why you can't just breeze past this ava duvernay snub shit because it does matter i'm not one of those people that says we need to like appease the white gays i'm definitely not shit y'all already know i'm not one who feels we need to be validated by white people correct uh in any shape way or form when it comes to our art but what i am saying is we spend our money at the movies we play these roles we also like deserve a seat at the table like you like you can't say sure you guys can be part of the process up until it's time to decide who gets recognized 
that 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 doesn't work for me and it doesn't work for anybody and it doesn't mean and i'm not just speaking for black people all people that are out of the loop you know what i mean like and the problem is somebody got to sit aside or someone got to open up the table so they have less power than they have at this moment and that's hard for people to do even the most well-meaning person doesn't want to think of themselves as part of the problem so it's like hey yes we're 93 percent white yes we're 70 something percent male but we couldn't possibly say what like who's gonna step down if i'm supposed to step down right. i'm i'm supposed to say someone take my seat and the answer is yes True. someone got to give up their seats and it's probably you and something else i didn't know they didn't have an age limit because once you get to a certain age like it's one of those things where you go you, you need an age gap where okay you reach a certain age you're out and somebody else is in motherfucker you're too old yeah i'm just saying um it, it just and, and and her speaking up about it made her a target and she's seeing it but imagine being black imagine living in it imagine being imagine what people are saying to ava duvernay who stood up for her movie imagine the shit she's getting you think you're getting shit imagine what she's getting and like i said i'm not it's just a hard discussion it's just a hard thing to do because is is jessica chastain gonna put down her mvp trophy and say no to give it to someone black i mean what do you do how do you pick someone other than yourself like it will require selflessness which is why you have to start at the top like it's got to start with the decision makers because and also if i was white how can you ever be sure that you earned your fucking award you know what i mean how when you know people more deserving are being basically taken out of the equation to even be considered you know, it's like being a baseball player before they broke the color barrier. Were you really that good? You know, you didn't play against people who were skilled but never got a chance. Like the best people weren't in your situation. So I don't know, man. I I, I mean, I empathize for Jessica Chastain, and I really think I it was too. brave and bold of her to even make that speech. I do too, and for the fact that she's a woman, people are like, oh, fuck right. that bullshit. And I love that she didn't just try to be like, because Martin Luther King was for the black people, so black people, right? Mm-hmm homophobia misogyny um sexism all of it racism like anti-semitism like it should be all of it shit is is shit that that industry should be pushing out like get this out of here we're trying to run a, a, a something that is inclusive and i'm glad she spoke up man honestly Me too. she didn't have to do that shit she could have just cried about her puppy like everybody else does um and, and acted like everything was fine you know uh all right let's see what else we got here um oh here's a sad story um apparently a woman uh uh a woman got text no a text mocked a woman who said she was drugged and raped at a duke frat party Hmm. yeah Uh, the text was haha you're screwed an investigation is underway right now in Durham. Police and Duke University campus officials trying to sort out exactly what happened to a young woman who claimed she was raped while at a party inside this fraternity house two Fridays ago. Joel Brown is working as sources gathering new details for us. He's live outside Durham PD's headquarters. Joel. 
Heather, Steve, that frat party was thrown earlier this month on the same day the Duke undergrads returned to class for spring semester. Now with this rape investigation and university suspension, it's going to be the last party this fraternity holds for at least a while. We had a sexual assault which involved a Duke student. It happened not far from Duke's West Campus, a Thursday night party, January 8th, at the Alpha Delta Phi Fraternity House on West Chapel Hill Street. It's a private home leased to members of the frat and where a Duke student says she was drugged and raped. Durham PD is leading the investigation. We're hopeful that more folks will come forward and we'll get more information so we can get to the bottom of it. No one answered when we went knocking on the frat house door. In court documents, the Duke student says she was at the party with a friend. One of the frat members offered to show her his bedroom. She refused and returned to the party. She says she was poured a drink of what she was told was hot chocolate that didn't smell alcoholic. The next thing she remembers, she woke up the next afternoon in a t-shirt she didn't recognize and no underwear. A rape kit was performed at Duke Hospital, and DPD got a search warrant for the frat house. At this point in time, the investigation is ongoing, so I don't know how many suspects will, uh, will come out of it. Investigators found containers with remnants of that hot chocolate drink. Now the question, was it drugged? They found the woman's underwear and DNA evidence. In a statement to Eyewitness News, a Duke spokesperson said the school is cooperating with Durham police in the investigation. Pursuant to Duke's policy, the fraternity has been placed on interim suspension until further notice. So while the university and police determines what happens, that interim suspension means no recruiting, no events, and no parties for Alpha Delta Phi. We're live outside Durham Police Headquarters tonight. I'm Joel Brown, ABC 11 Eyewitness News. Oh. Yeah, um, the woman said she had no other memories of the evening after dancing with her friends. She woke up the next afternoon in that T-shirt. She found leggings she was wearing the night before next to the bed, and they were torn. A text message was left on her phone that said, Ha-ha, you went back with a kid I know. You're screwed. Said she didn't recognize the number, and a roommate told her that she had not remembered going to the bedroom because she was passed out at the time. That's weird that her roommate was there like, oh, you were just passed out? Or is she saying, I don't her remember. Her roommate might not remember because her roommate might have been passed out. Yeah, I wonder if her roommate was passed out or is her roommate saying, you were passed out. That's why you don't remember. And either way, man, fuck. That's fucked up. Yeah. Like, what do you do with some shit like that, you know? Yup. And my, and my thing is this. They go back to the house and find your drawers and all this other shit stuff. You know what I mean? Stuff that you were supposed to leave with because you came there with. Yeah. Yep. Somebody got to go to, um, somebody got to go to jail, bro. Yeah, they Maybe do. somebody's. Correct. You know, and, and it, it's, if someone was texting that kind of shit, like, that means they definitely knew what was up. Mm-hmm. They definitely they knew, knew she, the, the whole thing. Like, nah. Yeah, so whoever texts that, they probably going to trace that number, find right. out who that person is. And hound that person. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you that person was involved or they know. Basically, they said they know who was involved, basically. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I hope all you fuckers go to jail. The brutal secrets behind The Biggest Loser. Karen loves the show. Oh, I know. They, they, they work out like a motherfucking job. They work out eight hours a day. Uh, Kai Hibbert weighed 265 pounds before starting The Biggest Loser. It dropped 121 pounds during the show and ended up at 144. 
she had always struggled with her weight but she ended up um wanting to lose it because her best friend called her fat um and best said you got. and said you need to join the biggest loser so she made a videotape next thing you know i'm on reality tv uh she said the whole fucking show is a fat shaming disaster what i'm embarrassed that i'm embarrassed to have participated in since its premiere in 2004 the biggest loser which pits obese contestants against one another in a race to lose the most weight has been one of the most popular reality shows of all time the 16th season finale will air july or january 29th average weekly viewership is 7 million people around 200,000 people audition per season the show rakes in about a hundred million dollars annually in ad sales with ancillary products such as cookbooks, DVDs, protein powder, clothing, video games, and branded weight loss camps, bringing in tens of millions of more dollars per year. In a country where two thirds of the population is overweight or obese, the biggest loser has a main fat, multifaceted appeal. It's aspirational and grotesque, punitive and redemptive. Skinny or fat has got something for you. It's not uncommon to see contestants worked out to the point of vomiting or collapsing from exhaustion contestants collegially and poignantly refer to each other as losers you just think you're so lucky to be there hibbert says that you don't think to question or complain about anything the contestants are made to sign contracts giving away the rights to their own storylines and forbidding them from speaking badly about the show once selected hibbert was flown to la when she got to her hotel she was greeted by a production assistant who checked her in and took away her key card. When not filming, she was to stay in the room at all times. The hotel will report to them if you leave your room. They assume you're going to talk to other contestants. Another competitor who spoke to the Post on the condition of anonymity says that she, when she first checked in, a production assistant also took her cell phone and laptop for 24 hours. She suspects her computer was bugged. The camera light on my MacBook would sometimes come on when I hadn't checked in. It was like Big Brother was always watching you. The sequestration lasts five days. After the initial winnowing process, 14 to 50 finalists are taken to the ranch where they live, work out, and suffer in seclusion. The remaining 36 are sent home to lose weight on their own and return later in the season. Those who remain, Hibbert says, are not allowed to call home. You might give away show secrets, she says. After six weeks, contestants get to make a five-minute call monitored by production. Damn. I know that one of the contestants' children became very ill and was in ICU. He was allowed to talk to his family, but he didn't want to leave because the show would have would have been done with him. Once at the ranch, contestants are given a medical exam, then start working out immediately for dangerous lengths of time from five to eight hours straight. It's like a job. It's like a job. There was no easing into it. That doesn't make for good TV. My feet were bleeding through my shoes for the first three weeks. My first workout was four hours long, says the other contestant. She came to on the show a few years ago at more than 300 pounds. On her first day, she was put through this regimen. Rowing, body weight work, kettlebells, cool down on treadmills, interval training, Stairmaster, outside work with tires. At one point, she collapsed. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't take it anymore. Her trainer yelled, get up, then made a comment about a sick and overweight relative. I got up. You're just in shock. Your body's in shock. All the contestants would say to each other, what the fuck just happened? The trainer, she says, took satisfaction in bringing their charges to physical and mental collapse. They get a sick pleasure out of it. They say, it's because you're fat. Look at all the fat you have on you. And that was our fault. So this was our punishment. 
Hibbert had the same experience. They would say things to contestants like, you're going to die before your children grow up. You're going to die just like your mother. We picked up your fat person coffin. There was a, that was in the text message. One production assistant told a contestant to take up smoking because it would cut her appetite in half. Wow. It's not about getting healthy while losing weight. Meanwhile, they're they, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, because they lose it so fast. The, the thing about it is that the average person is supposed to, you're supposed to two to five pounds a week. They're losing like 25 pounds in a week. That, that's a shock to your body and your system. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of reality shows do the, you can't talk to anybody, you know, give us your phone, but then they, it's, you know, here's a dangerous amount of alcohol cause they want to create drama and shit. But mm-hmm. this is supposed to be a show about getting healthier and inspiration and shit. And this was like, it's, it's actually just about, you know, abusing people. It seems right, cause they work them like athletes. They have to do this, that cold, that ice cold thing. I seen them yeah. getting that like cold the tub. athlete do. Yes. Yeah. The cold tub. Um, Meanwhile, their calories are severely restricted. The recommended daily intake for a person of average height and weight is 1,200 to 1,600 calories a day. Contestants were adjusting far less than 1,000. Hibbert says the bulk of food on her season was provided by sponsors that had little to no nutritional value. Your grocery list is approved by your trainer, she says. My season had a lot of Franken-foods. I can't believe it's not butter spray, craft fat-free cheese, Rockstar energy drinks, and Jell-O. Hmm. At one point, Hibbert says production did blood work on all the contestants and the show's doctor prescribed electrolyte drinks. And the trainer said, don't drink that. It'll put weight on you. You'll lose your last chance to save your life. Such extreme daily workouts and calorie restrictions result in steep weight losses, up to 30 pounds lost in one week. Mm -hmm. Safe weight loss is one to two pounds per week. And most people find that hard, said Lynn Darby, a professor of exercise science at Bowling Green State University. Shit, my, my number was too high. My bad. If you reduce your calories to less than 800 to 1,000 a day, your metabolism will shut down. Add five to eight hours of exercise a day. That's like running a marathon in poor shape five days a week. I'm surprised that no one has really been injured on the show. In fact, contestants have been seriously injured, but it's not often shown. The first ever Biggest Loser, Ryan Benson, went from 330 pounds to 208. But after the show, he said he was so malnourished, he was urinating blood. Oh. That's a sign of kidney damage, if not failure, Darby says. Benson later gained back all the weight and was disowned by the show. In 2009, two contestants were hospitalized, one via airlift. And in 2014's Biggest Loser, Rachel Fredrickson became the first winner to generate concern when she had lost too much weight. Dropping 155 pounds in months, she appeared on the cover of People with the headline, Too Thin, Too Fast. Fredrickson, five foot four, 105 pounds, admitted to working out four times a day. And within one month of the finale, she gained 20 pounds uh, back. Just calorie restriction in and of itself to be supervised, Darby said. I mean, people die. Then add the exercise load on top of it, the joints of someone who has never exercised, absorbing the force of 300 pounds of jumping and bouncing is just not safe. Hibbert says that she and other contestants sustained major physical damage. One contestant had a torn calf muscle and bursitis in her knees. The doctor told her, you need to rest. Production told me, I can't rest. At one at one point after that, production ordered her to run, and she said, I can't. She was seriously injured, but they edited her to make her look lazy, bitchy, and combative. Damn, because they, the ed- they got the editing, so they can just be like, hey, get up and run. It's like, I can't. 
Womp, womp, womp. You know, they probably like a trombone or something. You know, make make animal sound effects right. and shit. Right, to pick at you being overweight. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, we got a sound of an elephant or something. Like, just play oh, that Lord. shit. Since you won't, uh, you won't get up. <laughs> hey, why don't you get up there and uh, and 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 get the running? Oh, oh look Lord. at her pretending to be hurt. Oh. Oh, oh, you gonna, you gonna purr your kitty now? Get up, you little bitch. You being a pussy. That's right. Cause they got the editing thing. They can That's make you true. look like anything. Yes, they can. That's amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah, it said, um, well, here was own health declined dramatically. My hair was falling out. My period stopped. I was only Damn. sleeping three hours a night. She says to this day, her period is irregular. Her hair still falls out and her knees sound like saran wrap every time she goes up and downstairs. My thyroid, which I never had problems with, is now crap, she says. One of the other losers, I started taking showers together because we couldn't lift our arms above our heads, uh, says the other contestant. We ducked down so we could shampoo each other. The trainers, she says, were unmoved. They say stuff like pain is just weakness leaving the body. This contestant says she and most of her castmates came away with bad knees there was one guy whose back was so bad he could only exercise in the swimming pool by the end of the show i was running on 400 calories at eight to nine hour workouts per day someone asked me where i was born i couldn't remember my short-term memory still sucks wow so why do so many contestants stick with the show you're brainwashed to believe that you're so super lucky to be there kibbert says one doctor told a contestant she was exhibiting signs of, uh, signs of Stockholm syndrome, and Hibbert herself fell prey to it. What's that? Uh, that's when you start identifying with your captors and like a cult or a kidnapping okay. situation. I was thinking, dear God, don't let anybody down. You will appear ungrateful if you don't lose more weight before the season finale. Damn. Wow. So wow. A doctor is telling you like you are going to fucking like kill yourself, and you're just like. Oh, God, don't be a bitch. I'm going to look so stupid. The other contestant had a similar response. Despite the harassing and bullying, I wanted to please them. She lost seven pounds in one week and apologized. I'd lost 12 the week before. For Hibbert, the low point came when she and her fellow losers were brought to a racetrack where they were housed in individual horse stalls. When a ball went off, they had to run neck to neck like animals picking up sacks filled with their lost weight on the way. I walked, she says. It was a minor form of protest. They edited it to make it look like I was lazy, she says. But I wasn't participating because it was humiliating. When Hibbert got home, her best friend and boyfriend took her straight to the doctor. She said, I had such severe shin splints that she didn't know how I was still walking. The show's most famous trainer, Jillian Michaels, quit The Biggest Loser for the third time in June with People Magazine reporting she's deeply concerned about the show's poor care of the contestants. She's quit two other times before? Mm-hmm. Shit. Well, I guess the checks must be good to make her come back. Might just be a way to negotiate. In a statement to the Post, NBC said only our contestants are closely monitored and medically supervised. The consistent biggest loser health transformations of over 300 contestants through 16 seasons of the program speak for themselves. Expert Darby doesn't buy. With most weight loss programs, people gain at least half their weight back, she says. And the people who are most successful in our studies are the ones who make small changes over the long term. So I can't imagine that anyone the biggest loser has weight loss that's sustainable. Hibbert, who lost 121 pounds, ended up at 144 but put weight back on. 
but won't say how much yet she feels a responsibility as someone once held up as a false inspiration i'm going to walk around collecting accolades i mean if i'm going to walk around collecting accolades i also have a responsibility to tell the truth there's a moral and ethical question here when you take people who are morally obese and work them to the point where they vomit all because it makes good tv mm. crazy man but that's your show though i'll just Sure the f- <laughs> finale will be coming on in just over a week, Karen. It will. No, you can't wait. That's <laughs> sad. I watch can't. those people. Watch those people kill themselves. I didn't know it was like this, sir. Oh, I you mean knew. I, I knew you they knew. worked. You I, knew more than me. You was. I couldn't even read the article fast enough. You was like, mm, they do be doing that. Well, because because that's what I say. I I know that uh I know that losing the that amount of weight is not healthy but you know i was thinking well you got the doctors and all that stuff there but apparently that's that they just there just to monitor and be sure you you're still good for the show yeah that's all they care about it's a product you know they're not they're not sitting around going oh you know (laughs) how serious we're taking this they're just like we what makes the best tv true you know that's that's pretty much all they fucking care about hey is this good tv or is this not good tv oh it's good tv cool then we are good with this bullshit um but uh yeah i'm not surprised let's play our games numbers pay attention number one ballerific relationships first date do's and don'ts by at miller Gree. number two groupie tales i'm tired of angela Yee treating me like a sex slave <laughs> number three ballerific relationships dating don't scare him away by at miller Gree. two by her number four ballerific beauty butt implants versus butt shots versus fat transfer by at Dr. Miami. And number five, ballerific relationships. Do I really want to date a baller by Queen of Anya? Well, let's go ahead and go with those five guys. Time for y'all to vote. One through five. Oh, people want, people want us to go to the more. Uh, all right. Six and seven. I'll give you these. Miami Kondo wants to kick Birdman out. And number seven is how to become a rapper in 2015. All right. There you go. So one through seven, you guys can tally it up. And uh, we'll see what you guys say. Got a couple sixes in there. Three sixes in a row. Y'all niggas press for some bird, man. Uh, got a three. Couple twos. Right. Look like four and six are tied, right? Or am I counting wrong? 
Oh no, that yeah. I think that six put it over. Yeah, I think people, All right, we're gonna I think go people with number wanna, six. People wanna get that Birdman off. They were like, we want Birdman to go ahead and get off the list. Alright, let's get them out of here, guys. Yikes. Ballalert.com is, uh, the type. Oh no, it's gone. The, the article is gone. I don't know. Oh, Birdman article gone? Yeah, it's, I don't know what happened, man. Um, let me try to did, search did for Did Birdman fly away? I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know what happened with that uh maybe they took it off the site um i mean i still had the old saved part of it but i won't be able to read the comments without without this yeah yeah but then the next the next one um is number four all right so sorry y'all don't have to worry about bird man he left the coop on his own yeah sorry guys ball alert took that down for some reason uh, I guess they were tired of it, much of the chat room. So number four is beautiful, ballerific beauty, butt implants versus butt shots versus fat transfer by Dr. Miami. Um, and that one did come up and I'll put the picture for the article in the chat room. If you guys want to see what they, what they want you to, to visualize when they talk about this. There you go. It's Kim Kardashian. Michael Salhauser, MD, FACS, aka Dr. Miami, is a board certified plastic surgeon and owner of Bile Harbor Plastic Surgery in Miami. He's going to be giving us a few tips on different types of butt enhancements and what's right for you. Read below. I think the best way to talk about butt implants versus butt shots versus BBL, Brazilian butt lift, equal fat transfer, is talk about the most famous butt in the world, Kim Kardashian. Everyone asks me if Kim K's butt is real. Yes, a butt like that is possible in quote-unquote real life without photoshops. I have several patients with a shape identical to Kim's. However, it requires a combination of great genes and good cosmetic surgery. I believe Kim when she says she doesn't have butt implants, but that doesn't mean her butt is all natural. There are three ways to enhance butt shape, size, and projection. Number one, butt implants. Butt implants are butt-shaped silicone prosthesis that are surgically implanted. They are painful and fraught with potential complications, infections, scarring, extrusion, malpositions, etc. Therefore, silicone butt implants have fallen out of favor. Few surgeons put them in anymore. I doubt Kim has them. Also, they can sometimes, but not always, show up on an x-ray. By the way, an MRI should be the de- definitive test, not an x-ray to prove it 100%. So having a standard x-ray alone doesn't prove anything. Hmm. That's right. Be happy with your ass. Hey, hey, you're speaking from ass privilege, Karen. <laughs> People get all kinds of stuff to be happy with themselves, and I don't I think mean, you should that, that's true. I'm, people get breast implants. People get their nose worked on. I don't think you can just shame people out of, <laughs> out of, out of, out of doing stuff like that. That's true. That's true. Okay. Okay. All right. When, when I, when I, when I come from, when I say be happy with your ass, it's one of those things where it's like, here in the description of you reading the butt implants, I'm, I'm looking like, why would you want to do that? But that's your personal preference. You don't have to do that. That's true. I'm not into those things as well, but there's some people that are, you know, you don't have to, if you want to get some bigger titties or some shit, then you can do it. Yeah. Just my, and I, and I guess my thing is safety reasons, you know, it, at least with that, I mean, it's shifting and shit, you know, be safe with it. Well, there's risk of everything. If that's you true. know, when I, if I get, um, 
my tonsils taken out there's a risk you know so i don't look it's an elective surgery if people want to take the risk to get it i don't have a problem with it honestly oh everything's not for me there's a lot of people that got like one of the things in porn now these people with these huge fake asses like it's not really my thing but whatever you know that's the thing they wanted to do who gives a fuck it's not like i gotta buy their jeans that's true too yeah and uh, yeah yeah it's something i don't i don't have to deal with but but i guess i i I don't know i'm just talking from my personal i guess uh perspective yeah because yeah 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 my my bad my bad y'all because i'm not even gonna lie my ass is big so it's just one of those things where i guess because i'm talking from from a place where i'm like why would you want to alter your ass something that you sit on and you need every day well people some people feel insecure about it every day that's true too. Number two, fat transfer to the gluteal area, aka Brazilian butt lift, is the safest and most popular way to reshape the butt. The operation involves liposuction and fat from body areas you don't want it, tummy, back, arms, etc. Transferring it to the butt to improve shape, size, and projection. This operation is the only way to dramatically reshape a woman's curves to look like Kim Kardashian. The fat lasts forever, it's your own fat. So as you gain weight, it grows with you. Also, it is completely undetectable on an x-ray or MRI, so that is, there is no medical way to prove Kim K did or did not have that procedure. In my experience, 99.9% of women out there with this dramatic shape, tiny waist, and big butt have had this operation. However, it is possible that Kim K is the lucky one in a million that was born with it. No way to know without her complete medical records or a very thorough physical exam that will reveal the tiny incision scars where the injections took place. They are usually hidden in the crease just under the butt. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's, isn't this crazy that this article became about how to figure out if Kim K's butt is fake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's so funny. Anyway, number three, butt injections. These are fillers, silicone, hydrogel, hyaluronic acid, to name a few, that are injected through a needle to expand the butt. However, are per- some are permanent e.g. silicone, others are temporary, like hyaluronic acid lasts one year. However, all are riskier than using your own fat, see option two, because the body can react harshly to foreign material injected. It can cause chronic inflammation or permanent disfigurement. These usually do not show up on the x-ray either, but again, no way to know for sure without an MRI exam. I know, I hope for Kim's sake she didn't go this route, as the long-term complications can be pretty awful. Oh, is that what people do when we've been reading them articles articles about they put mm-hmm. super gluing asses? Yep. Oh, my. Five things to know about butt fillers. One, use your own fat. Two, everything besides fat, silicone, PMMA, hyaluronic acid can have severe long-term complications. Number three, the butt can expand quite dramatically up to three times its normal size. Uh, four, oh any butt... Any butt enhancements should be done by an experienced board-certified plastic surgeon in a sterile operating room setting, not someone in the back of a hair salon. Correct. And if you're going to get it done, pay that money. That's, you know, that's things you can go cheap on. Your mm-hmm. health is not one of them. And operations on your body, don't go cheap. If the man say $500,000, goddammit, you pay that man. Number five, butt augmentation is the fastest-growing plastic surgery worldwide. Up more than 60% last year. Any questions, feel free to make a consultation with me. My website, www.bowbody.com. I perform more than 350 butt augmentations per year. 
sincerely michael salzhauer md facs board certified plastic surgeon yeah and i don't know and and i and i guess for me just the way society is designed it always well just make people but especially women you just inferior if you don't have this this that and the other and i you know some people do it because it's all what they want to do but you know for some people i think they just fall under that i'm not pretty enough and i'm not beautiful enough and there's something wrong with my body yeah that insecurity is real you know but maybe this is the thing that'll help with i don't know that's true i I can't decide for someone else what they can and can't do with their own body it's like trying to tell somebody they can't have an abortion yeah whatever it's if this is what you want to do is what you want to do you know that's true i'm i'm not particularly into fake whatever the fucks but that that's my prerogative you know what i mean it's not for me to say well no one can get it because i don't like it um and if you go into the situation knowing the dangers, w- w- then you're an adult. What the fuck else is there to say? That's true now. Sean says, number six, make sure your thighs-ass ratio are somewhat close in diameter or you'll look like an ostrich with a zebra ass. <laughs> Sandy Cheek says, at Sean, shut up, LOL, an ostrich with a zebra ass, but you do have a point. Oh, Lord. Nico Rose says, cracking the hell up at Sean, so true. Selena Thomas says she looks worse in person. Do odd. When I first saw Kim at the Las Vegas All Star event, she looked she looked she looked was at a better. Now she just odd looking. Hey, but she rich, I guess. Selena kind of a hater. I've noticed her comments be kind of hating over the past few weeks. No. Yeah, she kind of she don't she don't really she don't have it for a lot of people, man. Crunk Atlanta says, at Sean, you on point. If anything, fat transfer would be best. It's natural, but I just like it big. <laughs> so Luscious says, nope, she wasn't born with it. A pre fame, she was flat as a pancake. So was Nikki, Coco, etc. As an adult, yes, your body might go through some changes, but you don't go from pancake to two basketballs. <laughs> Lemon Drop Pop says, Sean is right. Was this a plug for the doctor? Cause there ain't much details about this stuff. Will a big butt really help me get a baller? Who was the best doctor? Who did the video girls go to? What's the average price? Most of all, will you be able to tell a BBL by touching it like a fake breast? Ah, these are good questions. And that's the last comment on that baller alert. Chasing no suckers on the mess for real niggas. She ain't never fucked a bust. So the cars and your jury dish. Alright. Let's play our other game. Now that it's time for some guest the race. That's right, it's guest the race time. Now that it's time for some guest the race. That's right, it's guest the race time. 
that's right it's time for guess the race the number one game show going across all the podcast land where we read and play news articles from all over the globe and we ask our contestants today in the chat room to guess the race and the chat room is racist all right let's get this out of the way um here's one a anderson couple was arrested in a bestiality case police in anderson arrested a couple in a bestiality case at the video service of a woman performing sex acts on a dog oh nikki colleen murphy johnson 33 and Jason Aaron Johnson, 37, faced three counts of bestiality in connection with the videos and photos produced on June, in June and July of 2014, according to the Anderson Police Department. Was he doing it doggy style? Oh, hold on. I couldn't pass that one up. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was just too good. I know it's corny, but I don't give a damn. This is my show. <laughs> um, I just got tweeted by my boo, Adina Porter, a.k.a. Letty Mae Daniels. Um, oh. Mm-hmm. I just got to reply back um all right so uh <laughs> get back to these people who are, uh, apparently were dogging each other out yes 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 they was um so uh they both faced three counts of bestiality in connection with video and photos all right investigator from virginia saw the video and flagged the post on a website called beast forum oh they got a <laughs> website all right wow called please come arrest me.com the investigation led to anderson where local authorities were contacted anderson police said the couple admitted to making the video the dog a pit bull named lucky was taken away from them he sure got lucky he sure did um let's check the chat room guess the race of nikki colleen murphy johnson and jason aaron johnson see what they believe uh oscar nominee says black rob <laughs> that white couple loves rough sex uh says hc i thought only asians ate dog white oh these white folks really love their dogs they like really love their dogs says shauna they dogged out lucky nasty crackers pedigree chum munching mofos white the dog's dick was bigger than her husband's cuckoo white oh my dog loving oppressor but what was the dog wearing white white just cuz as far as you can get one who kisses their dog in the mouth anyway the correct answer is white Looking at that mug shot, it looks like some meth was involved. Oh my, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that picture. Yeah, that oh looks dear. a little. That looks a little methy. They like they got some scabs or something on their face. He looked like he definitely watched. Sucked that dog dick. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was into it. That's what I'm talking and about. And some other things. He was in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, celebrity 
uh trainer oh wait no actually i'm gonna say this for when justin's here he'll get a kick out of that <laughs> um <laughs> um uh what about what is this one all right a columbia man uh allegedly films his son enacting sex acts with a dog god damn a dog's getting it in this week ain't it seriously columbia county man allegedly films his son okay columbia county georgia a man has been arrested on child molestation charges after allegedly uploading a video to youtube showing his son perform sex acts with a dog on youtube or you think youtube ain't gonna flag that shit you gotta go to beastform.com baby you know that isaac seaman oh the irony <laughs> that name <laughs> he was getting all the semen oh yeah. dog i know some people listen to this going this dog getting more ass than me dogs getting more ass than me this week i don't understand this and it's i sick all right <laughs> yes it is i sick semen 35 was arrested by columbia county sheriff ah, office january 13th ah, that name. he is accused of filming the incident and encouraging it to happen according, ah. according to the incident report why the don't vi- you go why don't you go get some up go on go on go ahead over there getting up there the video in question is narrated by semen he responded ah. he reportedly said on the video i'm oh, oh, sorry that his son and the dog were going to reenact a scene from brokeback mountain and then encouraged the dog did to start you, humping the sun. Uh, did you put cowboy hats on too? What the fuck is happening today? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, how does the dog know how to reenact Brokeback Mountain? Right. The dog been what watching dog? the show because it said he encouraged the dog. What so the like, dog say, all right. Like which scene? Uh, he's like, uh, I want y'all to, I want you guys to act out a scene from Brokeback Mountain. Uh, which scene? The one where he's breaking up with his wife or <laughs> yeah which one no the humping scene come on you guys know what you're talking about the humping scene. right that's that's, that's all that matters is, is the humping scene Lo- line please uh just tell him you can't quit you and then hump him <laughs> semen then allegedly told his son to grab the dog's hips and give it to him <laughs> the video reportedly <laughs> goes on to show semen physically masturbating the dog <gasps> And then telling his son to masturbate the dog. The video says the son did. Semen then allegedly masturbates the dog a second time. NBC 26 was not able to confirm whether or not the video was removed from YouTube. Let's all hope it was. Let's hope it was, yes. No one needs to be watching that shit in their life. Uh, and guess the race of Isaac Semen. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't, he, he wasn't at, he wasn't at the right site. You know, the dog jerking and the horse fucking all that on the same site. Beastforms.com is what it sounds like where he needed to go. Um, maybe it was a cock or a spaniel. <laughs> Wait. All right, let's check the chat room. I just can't quit you, white. Spaniel and son, both white. Black people would have used world star old yeller humping cave dweller the color of semen they didn't upload the video to world star white bring out the helmets and bring out the best white (laughs) 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 that's mr spade that's a good one uh peter and stewie griffin abusing brian damn shame what them crackers did to that dog 
the dog only has sex with white men because black dicks lower his industry value oh Isaac couldn't believe it had come to this and was salty he got arrested evil white colonizers oh my couch pull out but i don't white <laughs> seeming like a white dude to me <laughs> it also seeming like you're ready yes uh ain't no pit bull white white man thought he was they were equals the everybody got it right everybody they, got they that were right white. that's his picture in the chat Ugh, like, oh my he got his dick in his hand right there <laughs> right like dragging out right now yeah broke back luckily, broke back doggy luckily he hadn't seen oz you know could have been worse guys a lot worse um did they say what happened to the kid i feel mm-hmm. like they would take his kid, kid from him let's do, and the dog like I'm, take all the things that depend on him out of his house i want to assume that he's by himself now yeah like let's let's stop whatever's going on in that household because it, it doesn't sound like like anything um anything good is going to come of uh what was going on with that man mm-hmm. and uh his house um let me see. A uh, man is accused of making threats at Jupiter Barbershop. Um, let me see if I can actually find a better looking article. That's the mobile version. Uh, and That's the go. name for a barbershop. Jupiter? Yeah. Uh, Out of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, hoping to sell some pieces of jewelry Wednesday afternoon, Leslie William <laughs> decided to try his... <laughs> Decided to try his luck at the VIP barbershop in Jupiter, town police said. Oh, shit. Not the VIP. But when he was told that his business was not welcome, Williams reacted with threats. At one point, implying he had a gun, according to police reports. Fuck was he? The dude from that that ghost face interlude? Right. Sue, Sue! Huh? Throw it out the window. Um, uh, William, 43, of Hollywood was arrested and charged on agri wait this is florida god damn it florida hey i'm sorry oh jupiter is the name of the city yeah okay that makes sense now um so yeah it was arrested and charged aggravated assault with a deadly weapon he remained in custody at palm beach county jail late thursday in lieu of five thousand dollars bail the scene unfolded shortly before 4 30 p.m wednesday at the barbershop located at green tuttle plaza um William left before police arrived, but his rental car was stopped just as he entered the southbound on-ramp from Indian Town to Interstate for 95. According to witness accounts provided to police, William was outside the barbershop trying to sell gold chains when a barber asked him to leave. William allegedly walked into the barbershop moments later and made threatening statements. What the fuck? Come on, man. Got it on white folks in buck, make head. <laughs> <laughs> I got that gold. I got a 24 karat gold. Uh, one person told police that William reached into his pocket and slightly pulled out what appeared to be the handle of a chrome handgun. Others said William implied he had a weapon by either placing his hand on his hip or placing his hand in his pocket. After William's car was stopped, police searched him his car and surrounding grassy burn, but did not find a weapon. 
officers did find eight thousand dollars in williams pocket which he explained Ooh. came from lottery winnings while speaking to officers williams reported that he sells costume jewelry that he purchases from a fashion outlet williams told officers that it was a barber who threatened him and said he left moments later william reportedly denied having made any threats or implied that he had a gun guess the race of leslie william hustle man check the chat room see what they say sound like he was the bootleg man too probably could have got some dvds he would just left him alone right um i think he did threaten them people one who will forget about the iron chains if you buy these gold chains black said joe spacely <laughs> he also sold bootleg copies of selma 2 black <laughs> selma 2 <laughs> oh god <laughs> it was like uh the first one just came out i got the second one selma 2 oh nigga selma 2 <laughs> starring tyrese uh, right. that was that was hc that said that you trying to get these bevel razors though black says lex <laughs> you know they sell fake jewelry weed bootleg vhs and hair weave at the barbershop darky junebug spade has has fallen on hard times this nigga crime this a nigga crime black mrs fan says i got some fi- real fine persona personal hygiene equipment here stole prince hakeem's luggage black <laughs> <laughs> stand outside of mcdowell's yeah <laughs> jtd says hood rich porch monkey that made his fortune from selling bootleg copies of selma oh. recognized taste said in my hustle man voice pick up the pieces black my t-sharp uh was old shop named black uh and oh my t-sharp okay and moon cricket says shauna and he also sold pigeons on a stick <laughs> I think everybody got this one too. It's black. It's black. (laughs) All right. Uh, We also got. um, Let's go to the bonus round here. Let's go to the bonus round. Okay. Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right. Bonus round against the race where everything's worth double the points, double the racism. So far, everybody seems to be about three for three. Right. Everybody's a hundred. Yep. So let's go. Um, I just liked that that dude threatened the damn barbershop. Like what, what the fucking point was that? Right. You wrong, man. Right. You can't be solicited in front of his shop. Right. Oh, so y'all motherfuckers ain't gonna let me sell illegally out here right you can't be harassing our business people if i got no soliciting size everywhere anyway yeah um all right let's see here uh a georgia mom was shocked by a video that shows a teacher choking an 11 year old boy oh my mm-hmm We've got some disturbing new video to show you now that you'll only see here this morning. It's a DeKalb County teacher placing a young student into what appears to be a chokehold. You can see her pull him out of his out of his chair. Take a look at the video here, pulling him out of his chair over here, then dragging him across the cafeteria floor in what appears to be a chokehold, lifting him off the ground. Well, this morning the teacher will be back in Pleasantdale Elementary School teaching her class. Blaine Alexander, the holding the powerful accountable this morning. So, Blaine, there's a lot to the story. Obviously, there's there's at least two sides to it. 
Um, how did all this start? Well, Vinny, according to other students and teachers in the room, they say that this child was being disruptive. He was misbehaving. That teacher went to move him from the group, and that's when it escalated from there. Now, this happened back in May of 2014, and that teacher was disciplined, but it was months before the district turned over that surveillance video to the child's mother, and she saw what happened firsthand. Chiquita Hanley says she didn't realize how bad it was until she saw the surveillance video. I saw it and my heart just dropped. It's nothing any parent wants to see they ch their child go through. The video starts off in the cafeteria. There you see 11-year-old Rayvon in the white shirt sitting at the table when teacher Stephanie Fleet comes up and snatches his chair from behind him. The video shows things start to escalate from there. She's choking him from behind and she's walking with him, choking him at the same time. My son's feet were lifted to the tip of his toes because of the force she used around my son's neck, pulling back on my son's neck. The video continues in the hallway where two teachers escort the boy to the front office. But according to witness statements, what the video does not show, the student was misbehaving, using profanity, even threatening to hit his teacher. In her written statement to the district, Fleet said in part, he raised his hand to hit me. Then, of the restraint caught on camera, I thought this was an acceptable defensive hold for a student. After a district investigation, Fleet was disciplined, a three-day suspension without pay, placed on a professional development plan, and a letter of reprimand. But after seeing the video, Hanley says that's not enough. She choked someone else's child, and she's able to go back into the same building and teach. If it was me choking my own child caught on tape, there's no way that my two kids would still be in this house with me. She should not be teaching. Now, we reached out to that teacher for comment, but we did not get a response. But I do want to share a response that we got from DeKalb County School District. Here's what spokesperson Quinn Hudson told me in part. He said, quote, following an investigation, the DeKalb County School District Office of Legal Affairs supports the principal's recommendation that Miss Stephanie Fleet remain at Pleasantdale Elementary School. Vinny. Blaine, we're going to show part of the video again so people can see what we're talking about as the teacher drags the child across. Here's the question. Why are we seeing this video now? Because this all happened back in May. Why is the video coming out now in, right. in January? And that's a great question to ask, Vinny. And, you know, it happened back in May, but the mother asked for the video back then. They couldn't release it because it was an investigation, and then she went through the open records process to get it. She said that she finally got it in late November. Now, we do want to point out that she said that she reached out. She wanted to share this story because she's concerned that parents who have kids in that class currently don't know what happened last year. So that's why she wanted to make her story known to make everybody aware of what happened. Now, in the video also, you see her dragging the child but then you see two other teachers bringing the child into the office. What happened in between? Do we know? Well, in, the, uh, in a couple of witness statements that we read, we saw that uh, the child fell and hit his head. There's also a couple of statements that say both of them kind of fell, but in some sort of way, the child hit his head or says that he was injured. They took him to the office to be checked out. There was an incident report, however. The officer said that he didn't notice any sort of injuries on the child when he inspected him. All right. Blaine Alexander, DeKalb this morning. Thanks so much, Blaine. All right, so guess the race of the uh, mother of the kid. All right, guys, that's what we're resting the race of because uh, I can't tell the teacher from that far away. Uh, but guess the race of the mother of the kid. Let's check the chat room and see what they believe. Uh, <clears throat> Lady of Rage went and got her teaching certificate black. 
no not the teacher because everybody gets in the teacher i gotta wait for them to catch up i guess uh only white people had ability to play someone in a chokehold and grab the veil okay all right mama black there we go um rayvon nigga you already know jordan collector (laughs) (laughs) that's brandon apa uh well he shouldn't have been resisting and had his pants pulled up black mother that didn't raise a child right yeah he must have had dreads right mama is black oh that's easy mama is black watch her son get choked and saw the teacher keep her job black says lex the correct answer is and uh looks like oh see so since the kids sold lucy's teacher justified it damn oh out correct that says black and here's her picture in the chat but oh that's not the right picture no oh. the hell happened to the picture? oh i didn't click on it that's why give me one second you go here but uh yeah man that's that's crazy that you can just get your job and not and for the record y'all know how i feel about y'all's kids y'all kids ain't shit so i i do think that the kid probably was acting a fucking fool mm-hmm. um and it's easy for us to sit here and be like, well, just talk to them or whatever. I don't know how to discipline your little badass fucking kids. Like, everybody mama sound reasonable when, when the kid ain't acting up right behind them. You know, but I, but at the same time, seem like a chokehold, um, kind of a no-no. Oh, no, no, you don't choke children. I don't think that's in the, ch- in the teacher's handbook. Cause like she said, if she choked her child, she'd be in jail and her children wouldn't be with her right yeah it's gotta be something between a chokehold and fucking doing nothing that that occurs you know i mean i like i said i know it's easier said than done but damn you know we can't we can't accept this like once teachers start becoming vigilantes and shit it's a problem yeah uh all right last story we'll do one more i'm enjoying these guest races (laughs) i know this has been fun uh, a man threw a pie at a woman who wouldn't support his nicotine ca- habit. Police arrested a man Friday in the Clackamas area uh, restaurant, accor- accusing him of throwing a pie at a woman who refused to give him a, <laughs> a pie. You know who's going to be <laughs> mad here in this, Dexter? <laughs> yeah, oh man, do not. He's going to be like wasting a perfectly good pie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, probably, he probably he probably smacked the table with his bare head right now. Yeah. <laughs> Listening right. to this, a pie. Yeah, he probably, uh, if he was throwing pies at people, like, was he like a, a fucking, like a clown or something? Like, I know, right? What are we going to fall in with Celso water? What's happening? Yeah, how do you end up throwing a fucking clown? Like, oh, I'll just throw a, 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 a pie that's made of nothing but whipped cream with your ass. You won't buy me this Lucy. Um, <laughs> the woman was not injured, but had to clean peach pie filling off her ear. Oh, Sergeant Dan Krause of the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office spokesman said a man approached a woman in Southeast 82nd Avenue around 8 a.m. Asked her for a cigarette. When she refused, the man became agitated. He got really mad and started yelling. Then he wound up and threw a pie at her. After receiving a 911 call, deputies arrived quickly. <laughs> what was that called? Like, help! I got pie on my face. I'm allergic to peach. Somebody hit me with a pie. Is this apple? Oh. No, I got hit in the face with a pie, and it ain't a cream pie. Right. 
and while police were there they tried to assault her again he tried to assault her again he charged at her oh. right in front of the deputies the deputy intercepted the man threw him to the ground using a hip roll then handcuffed him joel david lemasters 26 who gave no permanent address was booked in the clackamas county jail on suspicions of harassment criminal mischief and violating parole from a previous conviction he is being held without bail and is scheduled to be arraigned monday in clackamas county circuit court and looking at his picture they clearly roughed him up a little bit yeah yeah tie him a lesson mm-hmm. guess the race of uh mr joel david lamasters 26 years old let's check the chat room see what they believe uh the race of mr lamasters would be Ugh, I like it moving a little slow. Take your time, guys. Yeah, it is slow. Clackamas, that's the crazy ratchet part of Portland, white and crazy. Three names, Selma Fact Checker. Oh. <laughs> Charging the victim and not getting shot white. He ain't my little master, white, says Just <laughs> Red APA says, bought the ingredients with his food stamps so he didn't care. Cool, smoking, Coke 45, drinking black Jesus. Mm. He wouldn't dare throw the pumpkin pie that was next to the peach one white. <laughs> uh, Rick Flair, that's HC. Rick Flair voice, pie throwing crystals. Oh, pie throwing crystal meth smoking, cop dodging son of a gun. Woo! Yep. Uh, Black Rob says it wasn't sweet potato pie, so white. Oh. Wholesome, wholesome white boy. His name is Joel, whiter than the paper my che- checks come on. As Shauna says, impossible white man, and where the hell did he get that pie? The correct answer is, and uh, most of you guys got it, he was a white man. He was very possible because he got caught. Um, (laughs) He'd have been impossible if he did get caught. I think finally we got one person to miss. Man, throwing a pie at somebody. That's that's crazy. You can give him a piece of your mind, not a piece of the pie, man. I know. You supposed to eat the pie. I wonder if it was the devil's pie. It was something. I hope it <laughs> I hope it wasn't no world famous pie, no shit like that. Come on. <laughs> and of course and, and you know what mm-hmm. and you know it wouldn't wouldn't black because man, you smack somebody with a sweet potato pie, you start a fucking ruckus. They'll beat you up for, for wasting the pie. Yeah. Sweet potato pie not gonna just go peacefully either it's got some weight to it all right it's a felony yes in every black household sword ratchet this time everybody That's right. He's dead now. Yes, he is. Uh, St. Albans, um, Maine. A central Maine, Maine, man. I was about to say central Maine, Maine, like Gucci yeah. Maine. A central Maine man was arrested in my main man. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> A central Maine man was arrested in charge of domestic violence, assault, and aggravated cruelty to animals after deputies say he attacked a bulldog with a sword as the dog tried to defend the man's wife during a domestic assault. Oh my. Yeah, man. Man's best friend betrayed him and went with, with woman. The Somerset County Sheriff's Office said just after 8 p.m. Saturday, they responded to the home at 
address i don't care it said an investigation revealed that bruce bennett 33 assaulted his wife and that the family bulldog malachi defended bennett's wife deputy said bennett then attacked the dog with a sword that was about two and a half feet long deputies took the bulldog to meadowwood animal clinic in cornville where dr michael wing took care of the dog the sheriff's office said it took about two hours to suture the wounds which are described as severe and near the head area. Oh, shit. Bennett's domestic violence assault charge was upgraded to a felony because of past convictions of domestic violence. Bennett was at Somerset County Jail on probation hold on Monday. Killed the dog. I mean, stabbed the, the dog, dog with the sword. Dog's having a rough day today, ain't he? Mm-hmm. You just never know, man. And people turn on the people closest to them with those swords, man. It's like when people turn to vampires, they eat the ones they love first. Yeah, ain't dogs, man. Best man's best friend. Woman's best friend, apparently, because uh, yeah, he was trying to save her from from that dude. Right. With a sword. I mean, how between a person with a sword? I mean, even a dog's smart enough to know that that ain't good, you know? I wish that dog would eat your ass up. Uh, in India, Gumal Village in Narendra nagar area known for its picturesque locations and negligible crime rate was left shocked on saturday when a 30 year old local youth allegedly killed his mother brother and sister-in-law with a sword the whole family wow after committing one of the most heinous crimes witnessed in the district the youth sanjay singh locked himself inside of the house and threatened to kill himself if the police officials tried to arrest him at the time of going to press, the hostage drama was continuing. The triple murder was reported around 11.30 a.m. after the accused locked himself inside the house. Police teams courted the house and are negotiating with the accused. According to sources, Singh was annoyed over some issue and chased his minor nephew, brandishing a sword in the open area outside their two-story residence. Uh, Singh caught hold of the boy and tried to kill him. When Singh's mother, Mina Devi, tried to intervene, he struck her with a sharp edge weapon, killing her on the spot. On hearing the noise, the boy's mother, Kanta, rushed to the spot only to be murdered in a similar manner. Witnessing the bloodshed, the boy's father, Chander, rushed to the rescue of his son. Though Chander managed to save the child, he fell down to repeated blows made by the sword. All three died on the spot. Ooh. as the locals had gathered outside the house by then seeing rushed inside the house and locked it from the inside he held a country-made pistol in one hand and the sword in the other and threatened to kill himself if anyone tried to enter the house yeah, At, a knife and a gun on getting information a, a team of policemen and district officials reached the spot and began negotiations with Singh. while locals claimed that Singh was not mentally sound police officials said the way he negotiated terms of his release with them didn't show this so, yeah, he got real smart when it was time to save his own life. Mm -hmm. The subdivision magistrate, Narendra Nagar Manish Kumar, told TOI they, he killed three family members with a sword before locking himself in the room. Kumar maintained that prima facie is, prima facie is appeared, it appeared that Singh was, has no mental problems. I don't know what prima facie, facie is. Sounds like a Latin term though uh means first something oh first impression all right cool okay. i took a little bit of latin uh in high school but i don't remember what face he was uh fast he was um so yeah first impressions which probably means translate something like first face i bet 
um when we are when we are switching off the lights outside the house he is switching off the lights of the house so that no one can see inside in a planned manner he is building pressure on us to leave the area which can give him an opportunity to escape the sdm maintained that a case could not be found as the entire police team was in the village to convince singh to surrender when contact contacted uh, uh sp terry Mokhtar mosin uh said that deadlock was being handled by the revenue police team however we are prepared for the matter and if any help is sought our team would be rushed there man killed everybody that loved him except then that little boy got away but now he ain't got no family right everybody got some anyway man that's been it for this episode of the uh, blackout test we'll be back tomorrow for the last episode of the week mm-hmm. if everything goes off as planned uh justin should be here so you guys will get some justin this week this wednesday man until tomorrow make sure you guys go to tweakedaudio.com code tbgwt hook your sweetheart up for february uh for valentine's day mm-hmm. um we'll talk to you guys tomorrow until then i love you i love you too baby Mwah. Mwah.